Well, welcome everybody and welcome everyone who's on live stream as well and in homes. I know Mountains and Penrith Church are in homes this week and having a great time. And um, we've got baptisms happening after the service here today, which is great. We've got three people here being baptised. There's other people being baptised in the homes because they've got pools there, which is great. It's exciting and I understand there's a lot of people still on holidays or still wanting just to stay at home. That's great, fantastic. I know of a couple who are at the terrible place called Hawk's Nest. You know, suffering for Jesus up there. Hope you're having a great holiday up there, mate. But also, I found out the other day, someone said, oh, I was listening to you while I was driving along live. I thought, isn't it amazing the world in which we live? I just hope they're not watching us while they're driving. But, uh, which probably is possible, but not legal. And, um, yeah, it's great. It's great to be in church. So welcome, everyone. And um, I just want to remind you, next Sunday morning, 6th of February, February already, um, <laughs> we've got our Vision Sunday. And I'm going to ask everyone, if you're normally at home watching on a live stream and you're able within the vicinity to come, I'm going to ask you to come into the house and be part of what we're doing. I know it's not trendy in the last two years to get everyone together, but I think once a year we can actually call all of our churches together. I know Cambodia are going to be joining us online and um, because it's a little bit hard for them to get here. But in Mountains area, Penrith area, I'm going to ask you guys, let's all come together as a church family. Uh, I actually feel the church, um, there's a point where you feel as though, oh, maybe we don't need to gather like that. And I think it's wrong. I think it's not correct. I think it is good for the church to come together in body and to see each other's smiles and to encourage one another. So next week, I'm going to ask you to do that. I've got so much I want to share with you. In fact, tonight at 5 p.m., uh, the leadership and those who serve at the house and serve in our church are all coming together because I want to have a, a, a night called Behind the Vision. And normally, we just open it up just to the leadership, but we're actually inviting in people who are fresh to our church, saying, um, what, what are you guys about? Because we've had a lot of people join our church over the last little while. And um, we're probably not the same as other churches. We're a little bit different. And I'd love to share that with you. So come along, 5 p.m. tonight. Um, we're having dinner together, and then we're going to be sharing. You better let us know if you are coming. Because catering. Liz will shoot me if I don't say that. Also, I just want to let you know that um, we've actually changed our bank accounts. We've actually changed banks. Um, just letting everyone know this because we're getting a better deal. And we're always going to be looking for a better deal, especially with mortgages and things like that. And um, so if you haven't received that change yet it's okay our current our, our former account will stay open for a while yet but um, if you want to just get on social media and see or on the screen whatever that's got different change numbers just change that and that would be sweet don't worry your money's not getting lost or anything like that your time God just honors the of the giving away of tithes not the receiving so much so just letting you know cool anyway whether today is the end of our almost the end of January and we're finishing up our little summer series and this summer series has been called OMG oh my god subtitle let me tell you about him um, we have a world where the words oh my god is almost uh, blasphemy if you like or it's common language used by those who don't even know him and I reckon it'd be really cool for the church when they hear someone say oh my god they can turn around and say right absolutely let me tell you about him because our God is a God you can go, oh, to so often. When you just sit and, com and comprehend him, there's a big, oh, my God, is huge. Oh, my God, is amazing. 
And I think it's good for the church to actually express that. I think we should be telling the whole world how amazing he is and what he's done in our lives. So I thought it'd be really good for our preaching and, and um, in the other churches in here, we've been sharing about, oh my God, let me tell you about him. And um, I wanna finish that off today with this little message where I just wanna give you my perspective of God. My, my, you know, my experience, my, the way I view him, what, what consumes my mind when I think about him because to me, he is transforming. He is everything to me. And I wanna share you why. Is that cool? And I'm gonna share with you, I'm gonna share three points because I'm a Pentecostal pastor and we do three points. <laughs> but three points is actually much easier to remember than four or two, funnily enough. But they're all gonna start with the letter P. Why? Because it's easier to, I'm doing a Jack Haynes here, Pastor Jack Haynes. I wanna honor you, Pastor Jack, <laughs> by doing three points that all start with P that describe God, my point of view of God. And um, kids, if you can remember these three Ps, I'm sure you're gonna get a reward when you get home. Lollipop, we got lollipops here? We have lollipops here. That's cool. Kids, school age kids, parents, adults. If you can remember and you come to Pastor Naomi and say what those three points are, I'm sure you get a lollipop. Is that cool? First thing, let me tell you about him. Oh my God, he's powerful. Can I get an amen? amen? He is powerful. He is huge. Omnipotent is the word the, the scholars like to use. He's all powerful. And he is. There's nothing that can stand against him. He's amazing. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. My, there's nothing my God cannot do. There was an old Planet Shakers song, Tony, remember? My God is big. We, as a youth ministry, it was awesome. It was great. I won't sing that one. I won't do it any justice. Have you ever stopped and try and contemplate God? How big he is? How powerful he is? Let me put some stats out there to you. Okay. Immeasurable galaxies that are in existence right now. Existence right now, right? This is facts. Just to give it all context, do you know one light year? We measure in space light year, otherwise it'd be way too many zeros, okay? And no, no words to explain the size of the numbers, right? So they measure it in light years. Do you know one light years is equal to 10 trillion kilometers around about? 10 trillion. Trillion is just a word you just throw out there, right? Do you understand a trillion is a million millions? Or a thousand billions? Do you know what a billion is? Well, a million is about, a million seconds is about 16 days. Do you know what a billion seconds is? Who's under the age of 31? Hands up. If you are under the age of 31, do you know, you are not. <laughs> if you are under the age of 31, you have not even been alive for a billion seconds yet. That's how much a billion is. And 10 trillion kilometers is a billion times 10,000. Now you know why they don't put numbers on it because it's just too big, it just blows your mind. Now listen to this. The farthest a human being has ever gotten from Earth is 1.3 light seconds. Not light hours, light, light, not light years. Like seconds, I assume it's the other side of the moon, right? That's probably the furthest human being's been away. 
at this point that we know of. There could be one floating out there somewhere, a cosmonaut somewhere. <laughs> the Milky Way galaxy, which is our galaxy, right? Milky Way galaxy, kids, you've got to remember this for school. Your teachers will test you on it this week. <laughs> Joking. The Milky Way galaxy is 52,000 light years across. Remember one light year? It's 10 trillion kilometers. 52,000 light years across. That's our galaxy, right? Which is one of the smallest galaxies, by the way. Just letting you know. It says here, um, the nearest major galaxy to us is 2.5 million light years away. And I've read this week that these two galaxies are actually merging together, our galaxy and their galaxy, and they're gonna collide one day. But here's the thing, not one star will collide, they're so big. They'll just go over each other and come out the other side without even touching. That's how big they are. Isn't it crazy? Is this blowing your mind? There are 285 galaxies for every person on Earth. That's about 2,000 billion galaxies. That's two trillion galaxies. That's beyond measure, right? Remember, if you're under 31, you have not been alive for 31, so you have not been alive for one billion seconds yet. I have, I'm coming up to my second billion. But <laughs> we can only see from Earth 0.00002% of all stars. You ever looked out, go out to Gilgandra, have a look up, stars are everywhere. Well, that's only 0.00002 of all the stars. There are more stars in the universe than grains of sand on earth. He's big. No, 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 he's big. He's huge. And the Bible says that he holds all of this in his hands. He watches over it all. The stars, he put them in the place. Look at this, Psalm 147 verses four and five. He determines the number of stars. He gives to the, all of them their names. Try and name just the sand on your sandpit. <laughs> Put them aside. Six trillion. Ah, oh, I lost it. Start again. He's powerful. He's big. Don't ever think you can figure him out. I laugh when I get on History Channel or some Science Channel, Discovery Channel, and um, these, these, these atheist scientists saying that, you know, there can't be this. They can't figure him out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but we've discovered this, discovered that. Yes, 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 yes. He's a creator and he keeps creating. Who knows? There's probably going to be an extra trillion in the next couple of years of galaxies because he's a creator and he's bigger than you could ever figure him out. Oh, I might become a Christian if I can ever figure him out. Good luck. He's big, but he's powerful too. He can just speak one word and there's light. He creates that. This is the God people that we serve. This is the God who is huge. 
Paul, in his letters, you see it all the time, he talks about this, he somehow grasps the size and the power of God, but even then he's just falling short, but I love what he writes. Ephesians chapter one, verses 19 to 21. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which all, which, sorry, <clears throat> which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion. What he means there is over Satan, over demons, over evil spirits. He has all power all over them. He can't be stopped. He can't be put back. He can't be put in a box. He's powerful. Goes on, Ephesians 3, he writes this, verses 20, 21. Now to him who was able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think. You think, Paul? Far more abundantly, trillions and trillions and trillions of galaxies. Above all, we can, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren or brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Come on, church, be strong in it. See, if he's so big, and he's so mighty, and we are his church, and we belong to him, he's powerful. Well, the next verse when Paul says it in Romans 8, 31, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Think about that for a minute, consume that church. His one he sent out, his one he adores. You are called his bride, he's powerful. And he is for us. And nothing can stand against it, Susan. Nothing. Amen. Amen. Paul writes in the Corinthians letters, in my weakness, he is strong. In other words, I am made strong even though I am weak. That's what he says. John actually says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Because he had a revelation of this church. He had a revelation that this powerful, powerful God that we can't even comprehend lives in me. Therefore, I have this power. I have access to it. It's not my power because I am weak. I fall over all the time. I try and, the moment I think it's me, I think I'm doing really good, I trip over. Because it's not my power. But he is powerful and he lives me I've seen so many times that you know he has overcome when I haven't been able to overcome in our marriage several times we probably shouldn't be getting 32 years done this year I figure we've gone too far to give up now eh? <laughs> why because he overcame every time it was tense there for a long time it was, we've gone through difficulties we've gone through grieves but greater is he that's in me than he's in the world. So the first P, kids, he's powerful. The second one is, let me tell you about him, my God is perpetual. That's a cool word, <laughs> perpetual. Perpetual, if I have another son. <laughs> perpetual burrow. No. What it means is, he never stops. He never stops. He's everywhere. He's around. The Bible, the scholars call it omnipresent. You can't miss out on him. He's going to find you. He'll track you down. He wants to be with you. 
He's always on the go. He doesn't sleep. I used to think prayer meetings. You know, our youth pastors call five o'clock prayer meetings. He's awake at 7 a.m. too and 9 a.m. Why 5 a.m.? Anyway. Psalm 139, this is David. I love 100. Just read Psalm 139 to yourself over and over again. Just do it. Just do it. Okay? Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Oh, wow. Your right hand should hold me. 10 years ago this March, 7th of March, I was much fitter than what I am right now. I was training for a half marathon. And many of you know this story. I thought I'd go for a run to have breakfast with a good friend, Marcus Claxon, down at Coffee Club. And there's this really nice track called the M4 Freeway. So I went for a run down the side of that. And it was a really good run. I was doing really well. Right at the 4K mark, I thought, there's a road coming up and I'll cross across it and I'll keep going onto the Painted Island. There's a Painted Island there on the M4? It wasn't. It was 7am, just before 7am. I start crossing across and I get into the Painted Island and I hear this revving. And the guy behind a truck, because the reason why I cross there's a truck coming up, it's slow, I'll get across, wants to get across and boom, at 83.3, 80.3 kilometres an hour, hits Rick Bowen. Head on, smash, bang. I hit his windscreen, damaged it pretty bad apparently. Went into the air, some said five kilometres, uh, five, five light years. Five metres, I, I find that hard to believe, but landed on the ground in the middle of the freeway. I've got to tell you, I remember it all. I didn't lose any memory. I remember hearing the noise. I remember seeing him. I remember going this way and that way. I remember the bang and I remember the feeling of going through the air. And I remember thinking this, he's got me in his hands. And I cannot believe the peace I felt. Even today, I still know that feeling of peace. I don't know if I've I've felt it ever since, that much peace. Incredible peace. He held me in his hands. He's everywhere, catching an idiot on the freeway who ran on the freeway. You can't escape him. He's with you all the time. He's available. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light unto my path. He's with us to guide us and direct us in his journey every moment of every day. He's given us his word, but I want to tell you also, his presence is with you, guiding you as well. Christian, he's always working his plans. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. When Jesus had finished his time on planet Earth, He actually said this, it's time for me to go, but the Father's going to send you a gift, a present. His name's Parakletos in the Greek. Parakletos, the one who walks beside you. Comforter, teacher, counselor. We we know him as Holy Spirit and he will never leave you. Wow. God 
the Holy Spirit. Not God's friend, the Holy Spirit. Not part of God. No, no, no. God, the Holy Spirit, walks beside me. In fact, the theology I believe about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he doesn't just walk beside me, he walks within me. It's like being beside wasn't close enough. I wanna be in you, he says. And that's what happened to the disciples in Acts chapter two. They were filled with the Spirit. Psalms 137, 23, the steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. He's interested, he's with you, he's everywhere around you. He's the hound dog of heaven. You think you can run from him? You can't escape him. Many times I've talked to someone who finally came and gave their hearts to Jesus and they said, I just got tired of running. Well, you can't run from him. He loves you that much. He's perpetual. He just keeps coming and coming and coming. You've all heard that story, I'm sure. You've read the the memes back in the days before we had memes, we had posters which used to, you know, you know, encourage us. And there's one called Footprints in the Sand. You ever seen that one? It's beautiful. The Lord and I took a walk along the beach and, and we saw these two sets of footprints and it was my life. And the Lord was showing me my life, how he had walked beside me all these times. And we were chatting. It was so good to know that God had been with me all my life as I see these two footprints, sets of footprints. Then all of a sudden, there's only one set of footprints and it was the darkest part of my life. And I turn around and say, God, where were you? There's only one set of footprints there and that's when I needed you most. Where were you? He turns to me and says, they're my footprints. That's when I carried you. He's with you, he's perpetual. Let me tell you about my God. He's with me all the time. Feeling lonely? You're not alone. You're feeling like you just need direction in life? He has it for you. He wants to give it to you. Feeling like you really want to make something of this life? He's your key. He's perpetual. He never gives up on you. Oh, God just doesn't want to know me. Yes, he does. And he wants to see your life flourish according to his will. He's perpetual. So he's powerful, he's all powerful. He's all perpetual. But the third thing, you ready kids? Let me tell you about him, my God is personal. This is how I see God, he's so personal. You know, from those who are in Islam, the Muslim faith, they. They have no concept of a personal God. The ones I've talked to, they don't understand that God just wants to know you, wants to be with you, wants to be close. What I love about this Christianity is that we have a God who got off his throne and came and stood in my place at the cross. Why? So I could know him. Think about it, we have this big, powerful God who's created the universe and still doing it, but yet he knows the number of eyelashes you have. Wow, that's 
personal. Not only that, he's always, always on the go, but he never takes his eyes off you. He's everywhere, but he knows what you're up to. He's powerful. He's perpetual, but he's personal, Amy. He's personal. Isaiah actually says, you have our names tattooed on your palms. I like that idea. Check my son, Tony. He's pretty cool, isn't he? You know how you pull out your wallet and show your kids photos? That's God. Check, check it out. Hey, this is Dave. Check him out. Woo. We're tattooed on his palms. He's that personal. You see, he sent his most prized possession himself as his son came and died on the cross for our sins. And the most powerful thing about that is everything changed. See, up until that time, he wasn't a real personal God, not to all of his people. He was to some, but not to all. But when Jesus died, everything changed. I've got my favorite T-shirt on today. Sorry to the camera crew for wearing black. You have to forgive me, otherwise you don't go to heaven. No, just joking. This is from the series of The Chosen, and if you've not seen The Chosen, download the app and watch it. I call it my other Bible. It's a great betrayal of the life of Jesus with his disciples. And, um, and I like this because it's a sign where Jesus turns around to Peter who wasn't, he was a bit upset with what God was doing. And uh, he said, Jesus, Jesus, but this is different. He says, get used to different. You see, Jesus, when he came and died on the cross, everything changed with God. And one of the major changes was this, the curtain in the temple at Jerusalem. He used to, his presence was behind the curtain because no one with sin could be in his presence and still live because of our sin. No one could. If his presence got let out, a lot of people would have died and he doesn't want that. But when Jesus died, the curtain was ripped in two, torn to pieces. Why? Because you can't keep the presence of God locked in. He wants to get personal. He wants to come close to those, everyone. He says, Lord, I'm open. He wants a relationship, a friendship. He's not a God who sits back waiting to knock you on the head saying, bad boy, bad girl. He's not that, no, 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 no. He's a God who's saying, I wanna walk with you. Can we walk together? He's gentle. Yes, he's powerful. He's mighty, but he's oh so gentle. He's oh so close. He wants to, all he wants to do is walk with you. The story of Adam and Eve in Genesis. God's creation, just do, he just wants them to tend to the garden, live in this beautiful place, paradise. But they disobey him. Sin enters the world. What do they do? They go and hide. God comes looking for them. Adam, where are you? We're hiding. Why are you hiding? We're naked. Who told you you were naked? Very interesting. My thought about this is this. They'd sinned and the all-knowing God, knowing that they'd blown it, knowing that they'd just blatantly disobeyed him, still went looking for him. Still went looking for them. I still want to walk with you, Adam. We used to walk every afternoon together. What's changed? We're naked. 
oh no, this shame is stopping you from walking with me. This sin and shame. So he sets in place from that moment on a strategy to turn that around so that all of us who metaphorically are naked before God, yep, you know that I've stuffed up bad. I've fallen short. You know I'm a sinner. He still wants to walk with us. And his plan about 200 years came to fruition where his son Jesus would stand in our place, be whipped and beaten, have a crown of thorns thrust upon his head, belittled, nailed to a cross, lifted up on that cross into the hole and died the most excruciating death. But that's not the end of the strategy. On the third day after that, he rose again, victorious, having dealt with every one of my sins, every bit of my shame is now gone. It has no power over me anymore. Hey God, yep, I'm naked. Let's walk together, metaphorically speaking. Let's walk together. Do you understand it? He wants to be personal. And he wants to walk with you. Oh, but Rick, no buts. Oh, but if you knew exactly what I was like, it doesn't matter, he still wants to walk with you. And he wants you to receive the forgiveness he has already poured out for every sin you've ever committed and the ones you're going to commit. All of them. One foul swoop, he dealt with them all. And all we need to do is say, Lord, I receive that forgiveness. And then we get to walk with him. I'm not quite sure whether enough Christians are aware that they can walk with him. Wouldn't it be cool if every Christian got that one? You can walk with him every day because everything's been dealt with. You don't have to walk in condemnation. Paul went to great lengths in all of his letters to describe the fact that sin has no power over you. None. You are free. You live, well, us Christians call it under the blood of Jesus Christ. We can call it living in Christ. It's much more palatable. Living in Christ, you're free. Why? Because we have a God who's not only powerful. Oh, he's powerful. He can deal with anything. Not only perpetual, where he's on the go all the time, but he's personal. And he loves you. He knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows your hurt. And he knows his plans he has for your life. And he wants to walk with you into those plans. We're about to have some baptisms. And unfortunately, those on the live stream will be, can't include you in it. But... um. These people are going through the waters of baptism because they received that forgiveness that God has already earned you. And I'm just wondering, you today, where are you with that? Have you accepted it? Is he your Lord and Saviour today? Why don't you ask him to be? Why don't you? I'm not trying to get you to join a church, although if you want to be part of this one, you're more than welcome. 
What I'm asking you to do is just consider this really big God who's always on the go about getting you to know him because he wants to be personal. How you do it? You basically just say, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me of my sin. And then you try to walk with him the way he wants you to walk life. That's what the word repent means. Turn away from that style of living and walk his way. The church is never gonna enforce that on you. I won't. But God will start showing you how to walk a life which is walking in his favour and his blessing. Not always easier, but much more rewarding. So I'm gonna say a prayer today. I'm not gonna ask anyone to stand up, put their hand up or anything like that, but if you would like to say this prayer, why don't you? Why don't you? All I ask if you say this prayer is afterwards, just say to someone, I said that prayer. Because as a church, we'd love to support you. Love to congratulate you. We'd love to just pray for you. That's what I ask. Is that cool? If you're at home and you're saying, Rick, I'm gonna say this prayer. I'm gonna invite Jesus Christ into my life with his forgiveness. Why don't you send us an email? Info at strongnation.church. Let us know, because we want to encourage you. We want to help you walk the journey if that's what you want. So this is how the prayer goes. Father God, I know you're all powerful. And Lord, you're always, always at work. And I believe that you want to be personal. You know that I'm a sinner. I fall short of what you expected. But I know you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin and my shame. Jesus, would you come into my life and forgive me of all my sin? I wanna receive your forgiveness. Would you come into my life and help me to walk God's plan for my life? To know that you're with me always. And Lord, I will glorify you and thank you I want to be part of God's family. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, well done. Like I said, why don't you talk to someone afterwards? Just have a chat and say, look, I prayed that prayer. And we'd love to chat with you. Is that cool? Hey, those of you who have been believers, maybe a bit more than just a day or a few moments, we're going into a, a, a year which I think is really strategic for the church. Usually I'm really hyped and excited about Vision Sunday. But this year, I sort of am very amped up, I'm excited. But with a, a bit of a, a, a well, how would you say, it's really deep. Solemn, if you like, but I'm so excited. It's so important for his church to walk with Holy Spirit through this time amen anyway we're going to be sharing that next week why don't you get to know this massive powerful perpetual personal God even more this week amen anyway we're going to say goodbye to all those online God bless you hope you have a fantastic week see you next week I hope as we meet together here at the church at Hawkesbury God bless you